Okay, well, here we go. We've got a great guest tonight. He's been the face of the Christchurch shootings. Um, he's been a political, political correspondent and political editor. He knows everyone in the political game. He's gone beyond that now. He's got a new documentary out where he's uh, celebrating or commiserating the uh, legalisation of weed. Yeah. I'm Patrick just e- Gower. I'm just excited because we've got another pothead in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's quite an intro. A, pot, a pothead in a Juno. I liked it. I liked it till it got put over to you. It was going well. Well, if, if, if coming from someone who caught smoking pot back in the day, yeah, I, hope right. you, I hope you know what you've got yourself yeah, in yeah, for. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, we're obviously... We're talking about the uh, the documentary where you famously uh, go and smoke pot. So we've got to start there, surely. Was that the first time you'd, you'd actually smoked pot? Oh, no way. Um, you know, back when I was, you know, the same age as you, when you yeah. guys got caught, um, you know, when yeah. you guys got caught on tour. You know, I'd been doing it at, in uni and whatnot. I was never hard a to Hard to escape through, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just a normal Kiwi, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I never, ever got into it, you know, but I'd always smoke it with my mates or particularly if we were on the piss or yeah. something like that. You never inhaled though, eh? Oh, you I didn't like... inhale. I inhaled lots. I inhaled lots and I got really stoned quite a lot of times. Yeah, but, you know, as my sort of 20s sort of disappeared and my 30s came along, you know, much less regular just every now and then and, um, you know, the documentaries sort of brought it out into the open but I'm definitely not a stoner and when I started the doco I wasn't a stoner. I hadn't smoked it for ages before I did it in the documentary. So... I never had any views against it, but I guess now people always know me as the Juno who smoked weed on TV, and that's pretty cool by me. So, so the, um, <laughs> nice. so the, so the, so the, so the documentary. Uh, I've watched it, you know, um, pre-embargo, or was is that right? Is that the right terminology? <laughs> yeah, it was embargo when I watched yeah. it, so I got the inside oil. <laughs> yeah. um, the um, just like what I did there, inside oil. I was going to go, yeah, I was going to go, wow, 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 cannabis oil. The, um, no, no, so, but, um, but it, it's interesting because I watched it and I I think a lot of people would assume I, I would be pro-marijuana, um, um, you know, and legalisation. And um, it's not that simple for me by any stretch. And so I was watching it quite, um, quite intrigued, actually. And <clears throat> so I wonder what, you know, having been through it and seen it all, you know, it's sort of clear to me that you sort of go through it in the documentary. But can you give us a quick snapshot? Well, what's your feeling at the end of it? What? Yeah, you, I mean, where, and, and where I are felt, we going with all this? I, you know, I felt really bad at the end of it because I always thought when I started the documentary that I'd come out and at the end of the documentary say no way or yes way. You know, I really did yeah. think that because I, you know, I thought this thing has to end with some sort of conclusion, right? Yeah. And, you know, it can't end with me sitting on the fence. But it actually did. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't like to call it sitting on the fence, but that's what it is because I end it sort of throwing it back to, yeah. to you guys, the voters, um, basically saying what you've said, uh, that it's a hell of a call whether we legalise it or not. There's no perfect option. You know, keeping it going as we are is, is not perfect. In fact, it's far from perfect. But bringing it in, is far from perfect as well, and it's going to have a whole lot of um, downsides too. So we're pretty fucked whatever way we go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, this is the thing, you know, we're either going to vote no and we're going to carry on having a massive black market, people using it, people wanting it, um, <coughs> people getting it, no standards, um, no tax taken off it, money spent by the cops that's completely wasted. We can carry on with that or we can go down the other route where, look, 
we'll shut down this store and we'll start selling pot out of here and we'll make a shitload of money Ooh. and we'll have Mick out on the out on reception. Yeah, I'll be there. You know, right. Which is the other the, option. The interesting <laughs> the interesting thing for me though when you went through it and I thought the probably the best thing that come out of it for me was you made the point, I think you you know, there's a black guy in LA maybe I think that you interviewed and he was sort of doing it illegally back in the day and now he's sort of been usurped he's still in business but he's one of the few sort of dealers or suppliers if yeah. you want and it's been sort of big tobacco or big business is coming over the top and now you know these guys are sort of and you can sort of sense the same thing will happen oh, in New Zealand yeah right? yeah, yeah it, almost definitely you know you can't see uh, the first New Zealand company or the big one being one one run by Maldi, right? No, you know there yeah. is one well, that's trying to get there, but they might get a little bit of the way. But it'll be a white guy thing, you know. Yeah. And, but, and, but hang on, can I jump in? I'm sorry to cut in, but yeah. there's there's two. Isn't there a couple of issues here? Because mate, I, I was actually speaking about this before you came tonight. The scene with your father. Yes. I'm very sorry about the loss of your mother. Oh, yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah. The scene with your father where you're discussing the loss of your mum in her final days was truly heartbreaking. So, I mean, aren't we talking about a couple of different issues here? Aren't we talking about legalising marijuana and then the medicinal side of it? Absolutely, and I think the medicinal side for me, and I'm sure for a lot of Kiwis, because... We all know that cancer is just ravaging this country, eh? Like it's just, you know, every every time you seem to talk to someone, they're telling you about some relative or someone who's been struck down if it's not them themselves. So we know that we've got cancer and all these other afflictions coming through and everybody's looking for answers. I mean, I was in the cafe today and, you know, there's a guy there, same thing. Oh, my brother-in-law's got cancer. He's been using weed, you know, and it's just everywhere. So for me, it's a no-brainer you know, yeah. to, to go medical. And that's the funny thing. So then all of a sudden, once we bring that in, and we are bringing it in, you know, the rules will be out next year, we will have a medical cannabis market. We will right. be using it as medicine. And then if we vote no on the recreational, well, then we'll have this illegal bit over here. And I think in time, if we're in that sort of space, it's going to become an even weirder situation because a whole lot of the population is going to be using it as medicine. Yeah. And then we're going to be saying you can't use it well, for anything but else. I think one of the guys on your show, he sort of said it's the Trojan horse for legalising yeah. it yeah. anyway. So, you know, it is, it's coming one way or another, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? if, if it doesn't come next year, it will come at some the point. Thing, the thing for me that I'm – see, I grew up in a small town. So, you know, the irony of, of me when I got busted smoking pot in, in South Africa was, you know, largely growing up in – in, in the small town in Dargaville, I was I was the geek, you know, I was the square who didn't get Do involved, it. didn't go out partying, not just pot. I, I I was sort of just always training and playing cricket, yeah, right? Yeah. So I just I had no time <clears throat> to get into trouble or do anything. And all my all my really talented mates who sort of did, I sort of almost could see what that that was. I couldn't do that because it was gonna it was gonna deter from my direction that I was trying to take. And I guess the thing I sort of think, and I, I sort of look back and. You know, maybe you maybe you confuse the, the the marijuana or the booze or whatever with you know the lack of ambition or the or the fear of failure or the things that maybe got in the way first and foremost over 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 over, over some of my peers not going forward. But I always sort of think, shit, I don't know. You know, you want a really great platform for particularly people who come from poorer backgrounds. 
you want it cleared away, you know. I, don't, I just yeah. don't want it a haze of sort of marijuana around it or booze. Yeah, it yeah. might be a bit. It might be a little bit too. Oh, what's the evangelical? But somehow you want to clear that way, you know. Yeah, and I mean, everyone in New Zealand knows a mate whose <clears throat> progress was stunted because they got on the weed. You know, everyone can go. That guy could have been a great cricketer or a great journalist, or yeah, he was yeah. so bright, or you know, he was a brilliant actor or whatever, you know, we've all got those people in our lives that we know that their growth, their personal growth got stunted because they got into weed too young. Yeah. See, the funny thing is when I watch the documentary and your old man goes, you know, you said, you said to your old man, oh, have you smoked pot, Dad? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, 60s, 60s, son, you know, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, tried yeah. it a few times. And he goes, oh, you would have tried it, Patty, wouldn't you? And you didn't, I, you didn't really answer the question. I thought... Shit, is Petty? I'm not sure. Is he trying to lie to his old man, or is he? What's going on here? Nah, I, 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 had to, <laughs> I had to ring my old man and tell him from South Africa. It's like, Dad, I've um, been smoking pot. <laughs> oh man, was that a hard phone call though? It was a heavy breathing on the other end of the line that was the hardest. Just <sighs> yeah, and it was like, and it was like, it's okay. I think I'll be Cause, okay. Because how, how did you guys even get caught? Like, oh, well, we had a couple of. We, we it was pretty loose on the trip. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty loose, and so we were like, there was a few people at the party that night, and who who um, weren't involved, but were there and part of the party. So it was pretty obvious that a couple of our mate teammates um, had dobbed us in. That's unreal. Yeah, there's a lot of it's a really interesting time politics, mate. You know, internal politics and egos. Hang and, on a minute. Hang on. This is amazing. Cause what's happened here? Is the journalist has just gone? I'll just take over and be a journalist, yeah. and he's gone right to the right oh, thing. Well, he actually loves talking. I'm to just himself, pleased so. you're off your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it, you know, it is an amazing story, though. What happened to you guys? And it, it's funny to think, you know, what would happen now? You know, yeah. would it? Would it? You know, how bad would it be now? It'd probably still be pretty bad. I think, yeah. I don't think it would be as bad. No, I think it was. Uh, we we went uh, we weren't really ready for it as a nation at that point. It was full on. Like you still get. I, my father made me drive home. We drove drove decided to drive all the way up north to get away from everyone for a couple of days. And he made me after they had a sort of a kangaroo court thing. And he made me listen to talkback radio for the whole way from Auckland, <laughs> two and a half hours. And it was just like, you know. Yeah, this was, is what they're saying about your son. Yeah, yeah, you sit there and it listen. Was the worst, it was but the worst punishment of all time. Hasn't journalism changed in the way that because of social media, like you did that then mm. and that was huge. Mark Todd, Coca, huge. Yeah, massive. Any, any, any rugby league or, or, um, or rugby player that went out drinking, you know, and got, got caught, you guys would you'd hang them. Yeah. But these days, you look at sportsmen and they don't get the same attention. Is it because of social media? I don't know. Um, you know, I still think you know sportsmen here getting done for cocaine or even cannabis would still be a pretty big deal. Mm. You know, and it's funny. You know, I, I recently had a little bit to do with the Barrett family because I did a story yeah. on Zara beautiful Barrett. Family. Yeah, yeah, beautiful family, and you know, it's interesting. 
things are very open for them now, you know, mm. like they're all on Instagram yeah. constantly, you know, you just, just watch the whole life of kind of athletes and everything. And it's really different. It's kind of like, you know, one bad thing or one thing that's not even really bad. Like you think of Geordie Barrett, you know, he went into someone's flat down in Otago or something like, you know, that's something that sort of happens to everyone, but even that can sort of blow up in the media. And, you know, these guys are so open now in some ways, but they're still at risk like Dion was of something, you know, wrecking um, their career or or worse for these guys, yeah. their brands. I, I think I think the actually that dealing with that side of it is almost easier than dealing with the uh, than the reality of not having any release valve, you know, yeah. that, or, or not or having a, a very narrow sort of focus release valve. What you know, the ability, you are so focused as an international sports person that, and there's so much effort, and no one sees it, right? So they only see there's three months of training gone into a tour, then you go on tour for three months, then you finally have a win or a victory or, you, or you, whatever, and. It, then you have like one week where you can go out and, yeah. and, and have a few drinks with your mates or party and then it's back to training. And everyone just sees that one week, you know, yeah. or it used to be that. But now, even now it's like, it's you know, now there's so much pressure to not let that be seen um, unless it's manufactured that you sort of can't, there's not, the, re, the release valves aren't there oh, and you yeah. need, and yeah. you need yeah. a release valve. You, you constructed valve. that. Was that the Barrett family that wanted to do that story? Did you pursue them for that story? Yeah, look, it was a sort of, uh, it was a bit of a combined effort really. They had decided to help the charity that was for yeah. Down syndrome, a charity called Upside Downs, which was a really good charity. They yeah. decided mm. to help them. Beautiful story. And then they had come to us saying, hey, we've got these videos of the Barrett family that we've filmed and we're going to release them on our social media as a campaign. Um, do you guys want first dibs on them yeah. to help give us a boost? Mm. And, you know, I looked at the videos. I happened just to be walking past in the in the newsroom and heard about it and looked Sniffed at the videos. The story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, just, I was just like, these are amazing. Yeah. You know, these are amazing. Um, but what this charity needs, which had under a 1,000... Um, Instagram followers yeah, yeah. is actually, you know, a really big boost. Um, and the best thing will be for us to come in and do our own version and launch simultaneously, okay? But, you know, Mrs. Barrett, Robin, who I know, um, you know, she was reluctant to go the extra step. Yeah. And, the, and the reason As for that... would be. Well, it's a 16-year-old yeah. daughter, for starters. It's your private life. Yeah. There's a lot that you let in. She's worried about all these things that we were just talking about, one little thing yeah, tripping right. up one of, her, one of her kids. And she's got three of them in the yeah. arena. So she's not worried about one. Yeah. She's no, not yeah. worried about two. <laughs> she's got three of them to worry about, okay? And then she, and then here's Patty Gower knocking on the door saying, hey, I want a fourth one out there. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, she was very reluctant and also she's also modest, right? You know, she doesn't think that there's anything for them to share and stuff like that. So, but after some cajoling, um, she came around to the idea and she knew that it could help others to see how life could be normal when you've got someone with Down syndrome in your family. She could see that in vision, which is ultimately what, drove me was if we can get this out there in the right way, if we can frame this in the right way, if 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 Robin Barrett, the mother, is on side and the rest of the guys are on side and if we do this to the standard that I think that I can do it, 
then we are going to do something special here that will change perceptions of Down syndrome people. That's, and, and, and that's what drove me in the end to get that story. And, that, that's and, a question I want to ask. You're exactly, that one word there, framing. So when I, when I watch that story, it's a beautiful story. Yeah. You, you frame that? Your director frame that? Who, who, who yeah, constructs Yeah, I, I, I pretty much framed the whole thing. So, Amazing. you know, right from the beginning I did all of the work on that, all of the work to get the family lined up. You know, you've got to get, you've got to get the family lined up. You've got to get the brothers lined up. There's three of them. You've got to get their agent lined <laughs> up. Okay, thankfully it's the same guy for all three of them. Then you've got to find a time in their schedule. Then you've got to get the All Blacks on board to understand. <laughs> then you've got to talk to Sky because you're filming in at Westpac Stadium, which is Sky's property, you know, technically on the night of a broadcast. You've got to get all that to happen, and then you've got to get 30, 40 minutes of magic with them, right? So you've got to go a long way to get there. Yeah. And then you've got to go away and do all your mahi preparing it, editing it, making it look right. You know, you've got to tell the bosses, I need more time uh, to tell the story properly. So there's a long, long process, but the payoff is when you get it out there and you see people say, this has meant so much to me. My brother, sister, daughter, son is has Down syndrome. This has changed our lives because it's changed the way that people look at us and that's what so, it's worth doing for. So it was a beautiful story. Success. We'll call that a triumph. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I want to just, I want to just go straight into a bit of a disaster. Yes. So I want to talk about this, um, these right wing alt Canadian yeah. cowboys that you yeah. that you had the run in with. Yeah. Because because that was to me, I watched that and with interest. It, it was and and I don't want to frame it in any other way. Yeah. But like how you tell us how you feel felt about it. What 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 happened for you? Uh, it was a disaster. You know, for me personally, it was a, a failure. And what happened was I was too arrogant. I bit off more than I can chew. I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. Um, And ultimately, I wasn't prepared for them, right? Yeah. So what happened was they were in town. My job that day was to chase them for the 6pm news. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, You know, they're... Things called off, etc., etc., etc. That was my job, right? I should have stuck to that. Okay. In the middle of it, we bumped into their manager coming out of the power station, which is just around the corner from TV3. Yeah. At that point, I started thinking maybe I can get an interview with these guys. Yeah. Okay. And it could have just been that they wanted <coughs> some sort of live interview. Okay. And then we start doing this negotiation. This is you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't across what they stand for. I didn't really get it. Um, I hadn't done much research. I hadn't done any research. I'd been working all day. Yeah. Next minute they're in sitting down in a setup like what we've got yeah, and we're right. streaming it live on 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 the internet, yeah. thankfully. You know, yeah. there's not as many people <laughs> on there as watching TV, but actually when they've got a million followers worldwide, there's quite a few. So, And then it's too late, you yeah. know. Bang, we start like we are now. Yeah. And, you know, Stefan Molyneux and Lauren Southern, and they just come at me and they clean me out. You so, know, and, so, and they just they just wipe they just wipe the floor with me. Yeah. You know, so, I, I saw it. I, I knew it was over. You yeah. know, I was, you know I, was, I was on fucked here, you know, and... What I didn't see was, you know, the amount of shit that I'd I'd get globally from yeah. from their supporters, which is a pretty big base. Yeah, I reckon they've right. got they've got a million plus yeah. supporters, you know, mm. and passionate supporters. Yeah, yeah. And my failure that day was I should 
I didn't have to interview them. No, yeah. I did not have to interview them. I could have done a good. I actually had a good story for six pm that night. <laughs> I did not have to interview them, but something in my brain. You know, always yeah. wants more. Yeah. You know, always wants the best. Yeah. Always wants the next thing, and yeah. that part took over. Yeah. And no one was really around. Going, no one came up to me, and I'm not blaming anyone else, but there no. was no one really there. Just you know, more senior of my level to come and get in my ear because I don't say. actually listen to people when I get in the zone <laughs> either. So you need someone pretty big yeah. to go, "Hey, we're not fucking doing this. These guys are going to come in here and use us as a platform. They'll clean you out." And that little voice didn't go off in my own head. No one advised me. You know, and looking back, I should have just said, "No, you know, I don't yeah. need to do." But this. once it's done, once it's done, and there's nothing you can do about it, how did you handle the rage online? What did you do, <sighs> mate? It just came at me like a freight train. I was shell shocked. I remember yeah. I was shell shocked after it happened. You know, and yeah. and I could just tell by the vibe around the newsroom and everything that people were like, "Whoa, that was bad." You know, yeah. when, you know, yeah. when, you know, like, <laughs> you know, when there's that sort of thing. No one, no one says it to you. No one says it to your face, and you can't quite pick anyone. Yeah. You, you know, you can't sort of see anyone or notice who it is or yeah, anything. But yeah. there's just this. Sort of feeling, you know, far out Patty has fucked up, you know, you know, you know, there was just that vibe. And, you know, all of the energy had kind of sucked out of me and I knew and I actually went down on the project and they asked me about it and I can remember I couldn't actually come up with any lines of where I, you know, I couldn't actually <sighs> yeah, think yeah, of it. Yeah. I couldn't actually find a position. Did people yeah, you know? troll you and come at you direct? Oh, people still troll me today. <laughs> you know, so you'll you'll just be looking, you know, I've got Facebook and Instagram yeah, yeah. and everything and one will just pop up and go, You can't make a documentary on weed, you got wasted by Lauren. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. owned. You're the thickest reporter in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so these guys are still popping up. So, you know, I mean I got trolled like, you know, at the time yeah. in the aftermath. Tardo. Yeah, it was just like boom, yeah. you know, it was just like it couldn't like, actually couldn't actually stop it. It was a yeah, it, yeah, it was a torrent of these guys. You know? But it, yeah, I mean, but look, I mean, shoot, it's, it's so classic to hear you talk about it, and it's it's you know, I I got hit for six off the last ball once to lose a match. Lance Klusner hit me for six. I only needed four, but he hit me for six. <laughs> um, but that feeling of like, there's no face. There's no face to look at because yeah. they've all turned away. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like there's no one, and you just want the earth to swallow you up. Yeah. And it's just like, and you just replay it back in your mind, and on so many things you could have done differently. Yeah. You know, all the little bits that you could have done, or that someone else could have done differently, that would have changed the outcome. But in the end, that moment you just blew. You know, and it, I I blew that moment. Yeah, I know it he, as well as he played. To hit the ball, yeah. I blew the moment as well. Yeah, well, he hit one six. I mean, I think they hit about six or seven but, off but, me each. Yeah, <laughs> but but isn't it incredible though? How much did you learn from that though? You know, heaps, mate, heaps. Like I, I, I just, you know. And the other thing about it is, and this will sound funny as well, but it actually could have been worse. You know, like I don't know, I could have done something to make it worse. You know, yes. I could have, yeah. I could have reacted in some way or something that. Yeah. actually sent it even more viral, yeah. you know. So, you know, I could have said, oh, I could have called off the interview or done something, you know, yeah. and 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 that could have made it worse for me now. You uh, know, uh, I could have lost a bit more of my reputation. Thankfully, I think, you know, people were like, hey, man, you know, those guys are crazy. That's what they do. And, you know, in New Zealand, um, you know, there was a lot of people that didn't like them. But, and they were just up for it, but... Yeah, yeah, They were yeah. waiting for I mean, it. I, I, you know, I, uh, people got... People got pissed off at me when I said earlier this year, you know, I wouldn't mind another 
another crack at them, right? Because because what happened was once I got into white supremacy after Christchurch, I went and investigated white supremacy, spent a lot of time looking, learning, understanding how it all works online because I'd had my own experience with it too, right? Yeah. And I kind of said I'd like another crack at them. Obviously, I don't want another crack at them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd like to turn back the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want another. But, I don't want another go. I'd like, yeah. to, I'd like to go in knowing what I know now and knowing yeah. what I'd need to do, yeah. which is have the base of knowledge I've got now. Go in on the right format. Yeah. Do some research and and have yeah, a crack yeah. at them. But still, I reckon because they're so good, yeah. you know, you might at best come out with a draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. just raised a good point about white supremacy. So when you talk about um, – when we talk about that and you talk about Christchurch, you know, everyone's got a different image of Christchurch and what, what it means to them. I, I can still see you standing what, what I imagine is a street corner just beyond the barricades – um, and to be quite frank, I can't think if they were from Turkey or not. There was a couple, couldn't find their son. Yeah. Middle-aged Do you know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's an Iraqi couple. And, you know, mate, I was down there and, I, you know, I remember the day well. I was, I was actually in Wellington and I was doing a story there and we were driving back on the motorway into town and reports started coming in of a, of a shooting in Christchurch and shooting at a mosque and and I think the first thing I heard was five dead, you know, and at that point I just said take me straight to the airport. I had a suit on um, and, you know, I, I headed straight to the airport and I jumped on the three o'clock plane to Christchurch. So the shooting was around about one yep. o'clock. I managed to get on the three o'clock flight. That got delayed a bit as a whole lot of cops got on. I remember we were flying through the air and then we landed and the first thing I did was went to Burnside High and did a live cross for the 6 o'clock news. Yeah. All the kids were inside, I did that. <clears throat> After that I went to the cordon where you saw me yeah. and I set up there for the project which started at 7 o'clock and I just started reporting live, there's a camera there. Normally you'd have someone working with you and helping you and stuff like that but everyone was spread all across the city and exhausted and I just started reporting and, you know, there were witnesses coming out of there that had seen stuff and you'd get them on TV and then you'd get another witness and then we got a guy who'd, who'd, who'd seen the gunman and uh, the gunman had pointed a gun at him and hadn't, yeah, you know... Yeah, the old you know, story about the front of the Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so the, all, this is, all this is happening yeah. in the building and then the Prime Minister <clears throat> yeah. comes on and, you know, you hear her say... You know, I literally standing there and hear her say four... I think she said there was 40 dead, right? Yeah. You know, it went to 50. <clears throat> and then we were there and all of these interviews were going well. And then this Iraqi couple came up and said they were looking for their son and could they come on TV and ask for him? You know, I'm sitting there on my own and, um, you know, of course, and I've done, you know, what are actually some good interviews in my mind, and they are good interviews, you know, not just in my mind. And, you know, Kana and, and Jesse and Jeremy are up in the thing and I said, hey, we've got an Iraqi couple, they're looking for their son. Bang. Um, you know, she just starts hollering down the phone, I can't find him, I can't ring him, uh, hollering down the microphone, I can't call his phone, nothing's happening, we don't know where he is, we need him to talk to us. And I said, you know, the death toll's at 40 now type thing and, you know, she is yeah. sho shocked by that and, you know, it's just it's just horrible. Terrible. It's just horrible and same thing. Came off here and the messages are in my Facebook and everywhere you know, what the hell were you doing, putting that woman on there and... Really? And telling her that so many people have died and exposing her to this kind of thing, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Because I know. it's the truth. I know, I know. But what you've got to remember, Mac, is no one in New Zealand in their lifetime had seen this. someone in our country mm. screaming into a camera like they're in a war zone in Beirut yeah, or Syria right. or something, yeah. you know, which is actually what it looked like. That's you know, right. a mother going, where's my son? That's right. You know, because that's what it looked like and felt like. And I got a shock and viewers got a shock because this is, so, you know, no one's ever sat in their lounge before, bang, and this is down there. And... You know, there was a lot of pushback against what happened. Really? Okay, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. And what made it better for me was one week later, I actually went back and got an interview with the family. And, you know, they didn't mind what happened that night, you know, and not that that made it any better. Was the son alive? No, the son died. No, he died. Yeah, the son died. The son died. But the story showed... um, that he was a hero. So they yeah. had found out in that intervening time and they had a, you know, she'd been quite good. She'd actually been getting videos of, of people inside the mosque giving her sort of testimony of how he acted and she was showing me those. They were a wonderful couple. had been in New yeah. Zealand 30 years and, you know, he had fought off the gunman yeah. and other people had got away because of their son. And I'll always remember her, her, the father saying to me in that second interview, that he was always a giver, this guy, and and he and he lost his life by giving, and for me, you know, again, that was one of those moments where I thought, geez, I've gone to at the cordon on the night, you know, at classic Paddy, just doing everything. Let's get more. Let's do another one. Not thinking, and. In the end, I think, you know, I'm glad to, that you don't not, don't mind it too much, Mick. It, it was more that it was a shock for people watching, that it was just a shock, that it was just so confronting to see a mother like that in New Zealand on the street in Christchurch. And the fact that, you know, journalism allowed me to go back and actually see the family and make peace <coughs> for me and peace for the viewers and the audience, and peace for the family as well. You know, I mean, Jesus was in the worst news in some ways. Um, but for me, that's 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 what journalism for me now is about, is about keeping my word to people and keeping my honour with the audience. Yeah, if, 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 if yeah like. I do yeah, know. Yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, that's... That was that. Pretty pretty heavy, eh? I mean, I mean, do you leave, do you lose lose sleep? You know, when you you know over things like those those oh, sort yeah. of scrubs? yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And you know what you're seeing down there. You know that first night, just the feeling and the air around that cordon, yeah. and people. You know, they weren't the only ones coming up to it and looking <clears> for people. It was not you know, alone. Yeah, you know, no it was just it was just <clears> such <throat> a such a weird feeling and, and, and you know, eerie doesn't even kind of begin to describe it, you know, and, and, and two days later people would have seen this as well, you know, interviewing another guy, Somali guy, outside the community centre where they'd set up yeah. and he started telling me about his brother that had yeah, been killed. Because, right. you know, we're talking, of, you, you know, you've got to, there, yeah. there, there were people just coming up left, right and centre and then talking about stuff, you know, there's 50 people out there and, you know, coming up and showing your passports and, you know, different things and talking about flatmates that have died and, you know, it's just chaos, right? You know, and then there's this guy and, you know, he wants to talk about his brother and so we get the camera rolling like we've got it now and, you know, we want to talk about his brother and, you know, I just thought, you know, your brother is going to be this around about the same age as, you, 
as as you are because that's your instant when someone sees my brother you know yeah. you're you know you think well I'm talking to a 28 year old guy yeah. and he might be 30 he might be 26 or yeah. something like that you know and and here we go into it and then he said oh he's three yeah oh. and I mean I didn't know that a three year old had been killed no one had told me that a three year old had died in that mosque yeah. at that point when he said when he said he's three that's you know that's the first time in my yeah. mind that I realised that. that that this guy had shot a three-year-old kid. You know, everyone knows how big a three-year-old kid is. Yeah. You know, and he just came out. And, you know, and, and I, I was shocked. I just said, you know, he's, he's, how, how, how old? You know, <laughs> three? You know, I mean, you know, what, what, what's that about? Yeah. Where, where does that come from? Like, you know, where, where does that actually come from, the ability yeah. to do that? And, and, you know, for me, that was true... Evil. I know. I know that you know the murder of anyone is is, is evil and it's, it covers lots of murder. Yeah, you know, and, you know, and the murder of fifty people. That's evil. But, but with, you know, one, the, one of them I mean, is a kid. You effectively on that day, you you were a co- war correspondent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. The, the TV three traditional journalist that goes overseas into war zones has been your peer, Mike McRoberts. Yes. Is that where you see yourself going? Oh, I think you know. I can you know. Uh, it, I, I can leave that to Mike. Yep. You know. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm not much of a yeah. Did, yeah. Did, yeah. So, so in terms of your own, so you know, the men, mental health is is a big sort of thing here. Yeah. Like one, I always think anyone who puts themselves out there and gets beaten up a bit. Um, but I mean, how, how, what have you done to sort of steady the ship? You know, because those, those things, you know, losing, you would have lost, you care about your career, you care yeah. about how people yeah. think about you, every, most people do. Yeah. Um, you know, so what have the, what have you found solace and what have you done to sort of, you know, give yourself some balance back? What, mate, I mean, you know, it's, it's gonna sound bad. It's gonna sound, this is <laughs> don't not, say, but, yeah. don't say love, smoke pot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. No, it's gonna sound sound really bad, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do a lot outside of work, eh? And, yeah. Um, you know, for for me, work is, you know, my work is my life. Yeah. Right. That's my kind of calling in life, and I'm happy when I'm doing it. You know, I I, I like it when I'm when I'm yeah. when I'm doing good. I find that relaxing, and it's it's awesome that I get to be a professional in the thing that I love, and yeah. you know, not like sport because I'm not limited by Age or anything, I can actually keep going yeah. until the end because you know, as long as as long as I can tap on a keyboard, I can kind of do what I'm doing. You know, yeah, I yeah. don't even need to do that. I can do it by talking. So I could go to ninety, ninety five. I'm hoping, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I don't do a lot out of work. And you know, I've been pretty upfront and honest. Like after ten years in in Parliament, um, you know, aged forty, I had a breakdown basically yeah. for all of the things that we're talking about right now for being exposed publicly for working in a conflict zone. I mean, it's not Syria, but it is similar to a conflict zone because you've got to watch your back every day. Every conversation when you're working in parliament is a tussle. Everything is a contest. Everything is a scrap. It's a kill or be killed environment. It is actually a conflict zone. So Can can I just, uh, on that, so when you say that, so you mean amongst the reporters or... Both politicians, yeah, politicians. Report, reporters and politicians. You're competing with all of the other reporters to yeah. get the scoop yeah. on anything, to be in front of anything, yeah. you know, yeah. to have the better analysis than that person. If they get the scoop on you, you want to get the scoop on something else or you want to right. analyse yeah. it differently or you've got to do a better interview. Or, 
you know, so you, it's actually a 24-7 kind of environment, mm. which makes it awesome to work in, by the way, which yeah. is why it's so, so, so uh, intense and challenging. But, you know, you're living with that all the time and then dealing with politicians, it's always a half-truth. They're always yeah. motivated by something else, you know. They're always going to... And you're constantly <coughs> in this state of doing deals and um, reneging on deals and getting around things and coming, you know, so you're constantly in a conflict zone. You know, and I did that for 10 years. Then you add in the fact that I actually started on television in there and exposed myself publicly, and for that reason, it is a, being a political editor of a television network, and Duncan Garner will tell you the same thing. He'll come and sit in here, and Guy and Espin will come and sit in here, and he'll tell you the same thing. And, you know... You're in two worlds. You're in the crazy television world, and then you're in the crazy political world. And when they're crisscrossing, uh, you know it's awesome. When it's good, when it's bad, it's fucking bad. You know. So, so, so you know, in the end, you know, in the end, that's what fucked me. And um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and it did, and it did just fuck me. Like I actually walked off the job, basically broken. 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 I, I literally stopped work one day at APEC in Da Nang in Vietnam, and <laughs> and I remember I was in this. Uh, hotel over there, you know, multi-story one, the kind of place that GIs went to for R&R. Yeah, &R. It was yeah, literally yeah. built for GIs and, yeah. and stuff like that, you know, absolute shithole. Yeah. You know? And, um, <laughs> you know, perfect place for it. And, you know, Trump's there and uh, Jacinda Ardern's there on her first big overseas trip. I'm coming off the back. I'd, I'd moderated the leaders' debate. In yeah. some ways I should have been at the peak of my powers, you know, new government in, you know, this is going to be massive. And I was battling. Hey, I was battling and I was up in this hotel room and I remember I was up there and I said, you know what, this job's not for me for, for 10 more years, I can't do this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I do not want to be doing this at the next election. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, two years, shit, that, uh, whew, I can't do that. And then, you know, then I was kind of like, you know, get into Christmas. And this is November 19. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, get into, get into Christmas is going to, you know, yeah. I'm just literally lying, shit, on this, yeah. lying on this bed. You know, I was like, Bloody get into hell, Christmas. Christmas feels yeah, a long yeah, way away. <laughs> yeah, no, and then, no, but then I literally said, one more minute and this job's going to kill me. Yeah. And that was it, bang. And as soon as my mind changed to that, yeah. as, soon as, as soon as that thought came into my mind, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And just <clears throat> everything kind of fell away and I felt like a real shell of a person. The problem was, and I remember thinking, can I go downstairs, pack my bag now, go downstairs, get a car that will get me to Hanoi and get me on a near New Zealand flight back to New, back to New Zealand. That was where my mind was at. I actually wanted to walk out on the trip yeah. and go home, you know, like, you know, and I couldn't do that. I remember I had to dig fucking deep for two or three more days over there, including interviewing Ardern and stuff like that, you know, and and then I came back to New Zealand and I quit. But literally that job just broke me yeah. and, and pretty much, you know, I've run through my thought process. It took less than a minute. Yeah. You know, yeah. once I once I got my mind into it, it took less than a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to come back here. <laughs> and I tried. I tried ringing my dad. You know, I kind of said, "Hey, I'm gonna quit." He was sort of like, "What? What? Why are you gonna do that?" Because he, he doesn't understand all no, this stuff yeah, that I just right. told no, him. You know, he's, right. he's a great, great guy. Yeah. You know, his best mate. It's a different level. Yeah. It's a different level. Then, so then I rang my best mate. 
you know, he's known me all my life and he works in the corporate sector and, yeah. and at the top level in the corporate sector. And, you know, he started saying, oh, can they create another role for you? And I was like, no, 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 mate. It doesn't roll like this. There's no corporate out here, mate. This, this, there's one job like this and once you leave it, it's over, right? So none of them were any help. And, yeah. you know, so again, you're having to fall back on your own wits, yeah. which is – okay you know because this is an individual sort of game but it's that's yeah. where you make mistakes as yeah. well you know and, you know i've talked earlier on about how i i've had disasters by relying on my own wits yeah they've yeah. got me a lot of places but in the <laughs> end it was a call that i had to make on my own and i'm lucky that the bosses at work did come up for, with another role for me which was mm. this roving kind of role which was literally Perfect. you know yeah in the cafe just just down from triumph and disaster just done on the back of an envelope. I don't think we even had time to get an envelope out. (laughs) But but it worked out okay for me, you know, and that gave me some time and space to to get better again. And, you know, it it was three months in the back garden pretty much fucked, just sitting in the sun, just couldn't even read a book or do anything. I was rooted. And then it was about a year um, until this year, you know, basically down in Christchurch where I was actually feeling better again. Yeah. Yeah, which is a serious... It's really good to know. Yeah, 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 cheers. So, so... but that's just burnout, right? That is burnout, yeah. big time. So, yeah. so I, I see. I, I like. I'm always the thing I worry a little bit around is 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 this whole men, the mental health um, discussion. And you know, anyone who's done anything to any sort of level, I think, has suffered burnout to some level at yeah. some time, right? Yeah. And of course, it feels like a, it feels like de- maybe even it feels like depression, or it feels like the pressure of the world, or it feels like whatever. Yeah. It feels very intense. But the question I have is is, is that I, I'm reticent, and, and I've experienced sort of something similar to what you've done. But I, but but I'm, I, I don't want to call that mental health issues. I I feel like that is almost. A, um, uh, masking two, it's, it's confusing two yeah. different things I, I, Mate I agree with you You know I You know When I've talked about this A couple of times And it does sort of You know people Will categorise it as Mental health mm. But not me You know like I I I, I prefer the word Breakdown or burnout yeah, it's confusing yeah, yeah yeah you know Rather than But, but you just it. But yeah. it's, it's yeah. burnt yeah. out man There's yeah. only so much yeah. You can take of something at Man, working at that high level, you know, it's yeah. like in any engine. If you have run it at high enough RPMs for long enough, it's going to burn out. You yeah, know? that's just the nature of it. But I just think, like, because it's a larger conversation that's just happening so much, and I, I just think, you know, like to me, uh, uh, using better words like burnout, and and because that's really what it is, yeah. you know, rather than I've got mental health, because mental health just has, has become this broad term, which really. Uh, to me, has there's people with genuine mental health, genuine issues, um, and and if you like, all human beings have mental health on some level, right? I mean, yeah. you have good days, bad days. Every single person who's ever walked the earth has. So it's sort of where do we draw? Where, where do we create these sort of lines in the sand that we yeah. sort of use it? But I think it, you know, I just listening to it, I, I could really identify with what oh, you're saying. And, lo- and, lots of and it's becomes can. more human. It's burnout. It's burnout. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and what a great set of bosses. To turn to to understand that because isn't it interesting that your dad, who's your mentor and your and your best mate, that've been with you all that time, but actually the people in your environment are the ones who've understand it the most. Yeah, you know? and exactly. They really go, hey, we, this guy's talented. Let's let's just 
We've used them. We've, we've squeezed that juice out of them. Let's, let's move them over here and see yeah, if it's got yeah, a different yeah, flavour. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was like. So very nice of them. But yeah, just like yeah, just kick the juice away from them for you know a little while. But you know we're pretty sure we can get something else yeah. out of there. Pete, yeah. can I ask you a question now? Yeah. If, if I go in a direction that you're not comfortable with, we, oh, yeah, we yeah. Go. Yeah, I'm just saying. I want to know. We talk. I want to talk. We want to talk politics. I want to. Oh. I want to talk political figures. I want to talk. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking earlier about, so let me well, throw some names in. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. He can say what, what he thinks yeah. about winning like now. Yeah. <laughs> Winston Peters is probably the most experienced public speaker in New Zealand, yeah. you know, because he's just gone round and round, street corner meetings, old-fashioned kind of things that politicians actually don't really do anywhere uh, anymore. And he's been doing that for yeah. 30, 40, maybe getting close to 50 years that's now. Right. So yeah. when he does something like that, you know, um, the solace you can take is that you're number 500. <laughs> you know, where he just takes a sip, looks at someone's smile, and you've got a beautiful <laughs> smile, it. and the whole room just laughs. Yeah, you know? And, you know, I was saying before, you know, he had this thing that he'd do if you're interviewing him and you're nervous about interviewing him and you're ready to get stuck in and everything, and he'd just come in and go, who put that pot plant there? I don't want that pot plant there. And the camera person, you know, because it's Winston and everything, he'd be like, I'll move it. He's like, don't move it, don't move it. I don't want to do the interview with these pot plants. I said, no pot plants. Or something like this, you know what I mean? Just to kind of throw you up, throw throw you, you know, and throw you and just sort of generally, you know, this wasn't the agreement. It's like we didn't have any agreement. You know, the agreement was to come for an interview. And, you know, he'd just sort of do that to kind of throw you off. Put the power back in his side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got all of these little sort of shrewd kind of tactics. You know, and I always remember he told me about how he, you know, he's done things so many times, like campaign, about how he hangs his shirt and over the bath at night so he doesn't have to iron it in the morning. You know, I don't even know if that works or not. <laughs> don't even know if he truly does that. Or just like, just like talking. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, he, but he'd always come out with these weird things, like, and they'd kind of be true. Like I remember one time I was having a really good yarn with him. I said, "What's the key to politics in your mind?" And he said. Um, something about being like an octopus and <laughs> having eight tentacles and seeing where things kind of move. And it was almost a brilliant description. Yeah. But then it was also kind of, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And that sort of sums up Winston to me. Yeah, that's right. You know, he can be brilliant, but he can't make any yeah. sense. And I saw him one day um, when he was campaigning for North and Bylex, remember he rolled yeah. the gnats up there one time. Yeah. Just went up there and chucked the gnats out and drove around in a bus. And, you know, it was actually awesome. You yeah. Know, it was actually awesome. And I was following him around. We went to Fonanaki, which is his old hometown. Yeah. Walked into the dairy with him and his brother's there. One of you know, he's got heaps yeah. of brothers, you know, and one of them just sort of pops in, bumps into him. Then we go into the school and his sister's there. You know, all these Peters are sort of <laughs> yeah, popping yeah. out left, right and centre like some sort of comedy show. Good Northland you know, yeah, stop. Yeah, And he was there that day and he talked to the kids at his old school and talked about putting his feet over the edge and tickling a flounder with his toes when he was at school and then described his heroes in politics to them, which were people like Mikhail Gorbachev and Gandhi. And he described how he liked political heroes that swam upstream, you know, people that went the other way. And watching him that day, I saw the most brilliant politician that I had ever seen. You know, that day, just on his own in Fonanaki, I saw the 
actual brilliance of that guy. And and that's his gift. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a nice story to tell about him. That's a triumph. Yeah. If we want to go into <laughs> the disasters with Peters, well, we'll be here all fucking night. <laughs> he, does, he does seem sort of a man of the people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an amazing way of connecting with, yeah. connecting with people. Yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got another... Sorry, uh, that was me interrupting. Yeah. You go, you go. Oh, it, well, so, because... It, I was going to try... Couple of qu- different questions rolling through my mind, but having been so close to the political sort of world and spectrum, have you sort of lost or gained admiration for it, or lost admiration for it being so close to it? it you know, that's a really good question, um, and I, I, I think I've come out of it. You know, just just normal. I actually think that politics is still pretty good in this country. I think you know, despite what we're seeing, even around the world, I don't, I don't think politics is broken in the Western world yet. You know, and I, I really don't. I think you know, it's going through some rocky patches and 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 stuff like that. But I, I, I and in New Zealand, I think actually things are pretty good. You know, I think the systems here, the system here is pretty good. People do get what they vote for. It might not quite feel like that or, or look like that to them sometimes, but really it is. And, and we do have a really good system here where people can have a good life, right? So the answer is, you know, I haven't lost any faith in politics. I haven't lost any faith in what it can do or anything like that. Having having seen it, you know. Um, you know, it's it's you know, I'd like to say sit here and go, oh, you know, they were all a pack of self-serving wankers and none of them wanted to get anything good done, you know, and, and I hate the place and I wish that we could change it through X, Y and Z. But I, I, I'm actually not like that. I'm kind of <laughs> like, you know, just because it wasn't for me in the end um, doesn't mean it's it's not a it's not a good – doesn't mean it's not a good system and it's, that there aren't actually good people in it, you know, mm. trying to get some stuff done. I mean, there's some fucked people in there doing some <laughs> stupid fucking things, you know, really stupid fucking things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but I don't know if that's ever, ever yeah. going to change. But, you know, the one thing that I, that I came out of it with, with is this. No one's got all the ideas. You know, one side's got some, you know, one side's got some good ideas and they might get them done. The other side's got some good ideas. And, you know, no one side's got a mortgage or a hold on the, on the good ideas. Yeah. They've both got good ones at time <coughs> to time. They've both got good people. And, unfortunately, just the way that human life works, it's a patchwork quilt and it doesn't always come together. I, I think it's a really – because I've said, I said that in another – it might have been when we were drinking whiskey after the last <laughs> interview, actually. But um, I, I reckon we just shouldn't have parties in New Zealand. I reckon they should all have to stand on their own. And and you pick the ones that win, and they all have to form a government as individuals. Yeah, because for that you must simple have been drinking reason, a lot of whiskey for this idea. Well, no, because which is, which because, is actually called anarchy. Right? No, no, but, no, but if, because I can, because you can't you get enough. To, yeah. There's not enough talent. There's not enough talent to pick a good team. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. yeah. No, there isn't. There isn't. You know. So, but yeah. but if you actually did it that way, if you put all the teams together and you hand pick them all, yep. you might get a de- half decent side. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's one of the things we don't always get the right. Kind of people, Everything's people a sporting analogy yeah. for me. Sorry, Patty, as yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we don't always get the right kind of kind of people in there, and you know, it, we don't get the right kind of ideas. And it is a really funny system that you get one big party or two of them that try and represent pretty much eighty percent mm. of New Zealand, right? You know, and a party that I actually used to like was Gareth Morgan's top party, you know, because he had some pretty sort of out-of-it kind of 
ideas. Some good, some yeah, some, some crazy. You know, yeah, he he yeah. was good, and then he lost me with the cat. The cat, yeah, 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 yeah. He lost, he lost a lot of cred with that. He yeah. lost yeah. A lot so isn't it incredible? Yeah, that's right. Isn't it incredible? Because as good as he was going, that one thing I reckon just undermined him completely. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know his his ideas could have got a lot of traction out in a certain certain part of New Zealand, you know, amongst, you know, a highly educated, motivated kind of Because what of was people. he, sort of libertarian is yeah, what you call yeah, him, Yeah, he sort right? of had a bit so of a mix of, of ideas. Like, he called himself that, but he wasn't really. Was yeah. He? Anyway, look, <laughs> our, the director wants us to kick off with something else, but before we do, you just talked about, um, you know, big ideas, dumb ideas, like... I don't want to. You don't want to get into slagging people off. I realise yeah. that. Well, well, I do. But you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. when you look at a politician that goes on Dancing with the Stars, and he's fucking shit, <laughs> like couldn't be the more, he, he fucking shit, and he comes yeah. across like a dead set imbecile. <laughs> but but correct me if I'm wrong, because he's he's in front of, attached himself to, or leading the pro-life bill. Yes. Which is bloody amazing. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. How yeah. does that guy? What's going? Because that's a. So that's a can I can I fight. articulate? So how can someone who does something yeah. so dumb do something yeah. so good? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Is yeah, that what, that's what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Talk me through that individual. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You know the, th- the. I mean, I can't explain why David Seymour wanted to go and fucking dance with the stars. I mean, you have to get McRobertson here and ask him. You have to get someone who's worn the sequins and got that on the dance floor who'd be an expert in that. Because all, all I know is I'm never going to fucking do it. <laughs> I, what amazes me about Dancing with the Stars is if if someone said to you, you know, when you tr- that's the utmost uncool thing of all time, right? It's like dancing with the t- in sequins and skin yeah. tight pants. But if it's you're, like, if you're, it sounds like you're sort of coming in slowly. Coming around oh, to the idea, so aren't you? You know, so the sort of. Watch it. Simon did it, and whether he worked hard or he just had something. I mean, look, if you, if I know, I know when I get on the oh, dance floor. Oh, you're going to move on to another no, man what crush. I mean is if I get on the dance floor, there's no fucking way I'm going on TV to do it because I'm no good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. no offense, David. But <laughs> I'm if, pretty good. If, at... no, obviously, you've got no mirrors at home to <laughs> have a look at what you look like. You're fucking terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, so. Uh, just coming back to so favorite f- favorite politician. Oh, I you know I didn't have a favorite in there. Eh? No. Yeah, I mean it's not like the All Blacks where no. you kind of <laughs> <laughs> you know we sort of walk away and go oh you know well well what <laughs> era are you talking Dion you know like uh, you know because obviously '96 was my favorite team but you know my, my actual favorite All Black and you know I'm from Terranek it's not like that mate you know I mean geez <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So mate, listen, you've been a political correspondent or yep. a journalist, political editor. Um, you're now doing uh, – you're, you're in free range. Yeah. Uh, in very, your, your Barrett story, amazing. Your handling of the Christchurch um, tragedy. Yes. Amazing. Where to next? Yeah, well, I've obviously just done this documentary. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if that goes well, uh, you know, I'd like to do another one. And I've got some ideas, um, and I'm working with one of my best mates, a guy from university, Justin Hawkes, and we'd like to do another one um, to a similar kind of level of what we've done or even you go know even it's a higher. Ga- you know it's a gateway drug, eh? <laughs> yeah, documentaries. <laughs> can't stop yourself. I mean, yeah, yeah, best drug ever. Uh, yeah, 
but you know, we'd we'd like to now, you know, do another one or even more than one um, on on big issues like cannabis. You know, mm. I don't want to give away my ideas. No. Um, but you know, we we've got these other big ideas out there that affect New Zealand and affect you know and are global um, that we'd like to do some documentaries on. And I think that that is an area where. You know, it, it's good for the modern day um, in that everyone's busy, right? You know, and when you do sit down and you want to get into an issue, a documentary is a good way of, you know, sharing it either yourself or, or, or with your family or with friends or what have you. I think a documentary is a good way of working with big issues in modern life. Um, it whether, is, Patty. Yeah, whether we, can, whether we can get the money and the funding and the place to... I'm going to give you a gift. Would you like a gift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, 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 I'm unashamed. So I'm, I'm a middle-aged man. Yes. And I think as, as we get to middle-age, you know, when you start to get there and you start to lose family, you think that, you think that when you get a disease like cancer, it's going to be funded. So I think we're just... The world's are starting to wake up and realise that's not the case. Yeah. It's a scary world going forward without funding to fight those diseases. Mate, I, I think that cancer is going to be the biggest issue facing New Zealand potentially. You know, the numbers that we're looking at are scary, you know, and all of the data going forward just makes it look worse and worse and worse. You know, and this year I, I went down and saw Blair Vining, you know, um, and the guy that's been campaigning on this postcode cancer. You know, this, this postcode cancer thing where you get less opportunity because you live in Southland That's or right. Taranaki or, <coughs> or, or Dargaville um, rather than if you live here. That's right. That's not the Kiwi way. You know, that's not what this country's about. Someone who pays the same amount of tax down there gets less chance of getting decent right. cancer treatment as someone up here. You know, it should be fear is fear all around the country. But, but in, and in today's world, you know, like when, with the internet and with, you know, the open source availability of everything, I just can't believe that we're closing down loopholes to stop people getting things yeah. that they need. You know, we should be actually doing the opposite. You know, yeah. like, uh, it's sort of crazy to me, but, you know, um, thanks for, I'm, I'm just going to, um, what I'm going to do yeah, is I'm going to wrap it up because you guys have, like, taken us down a, rab, a, a, yeah, a, a, a black hole. But, um, and, and I don't want to um, diminish talking about cancer because we could be here for another yeah, hour. Really. Yeah, yeah, but, um, it's, but, it's a good um, idea. Yeah, but um, I, I just want to say... Um, when I first saw Patty come on the TV, I was like, "What have we got here?" <laughs> uh, and I watched yeah. you. I watched you. You were compelling, mate. Like you, I watched you, and I didn't. I don't think I really enjoyed it to start with. Yeah. I, but I could not stop watching it. And there's something about what you brought to it—a passion, uh, an uh, an angle, an interest, a, a, a intelligence, um, and an awkwardness. That was compelling to watch, and Honest. and yeah. and, and you know I've watched you evolve over time and grow into really appreciate your skill set and 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 have loved what you've brought to to New Zealand television and culture. Um, having the opportunity to sit down across here and hear your stories firsthand only has enhanced that. So I'm um, really. I don't know. I, I want to be the fanboy at the end, I guess, to say <laughs> nice. thanks, well, thanks for coming join the in. Club. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I'm I'm stoked that it's called White Line Fever, right? Because 
you know, that's a mindset that I get in journalism. You know, yeah. like th- those mistakes that we talked about earlier, they're from white line fever. Yeah. The successes that I've had in journalism are from white line fever. Yeah. You know, I'm my I'm at my best when I'm thinking about, you know, I go across that white line into the yeah. area where you get a story and I'm at my best. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm at my worst <laughs> out there as well. <laughs> Aren't we yeah, all? It's my, it's my, yeah, it's my, it's my white line fever. It's a fine my, line. It's a yeah, very thin white it line. A, it is a very thin white line between triumph and disaster. And I hope we learned that tonight. It's we a good did. way to wrap it mate, up. Mate, I will say one thing. I think you're the best journalist in New Zealand. With, okay, um, thank you, Mick. With, with great... Power comes great responsibility. Go out there and do some good for this country. You're a great man. Yeah, thank you very much, Thanks, Mike. Mike. That My means pleasure. a lot. That means a lot. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Yeah, awesome. cheers. Really cheers. enjoyed thank it. You. Thank you.